Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Building the Buckeyes. I'm your host, Andrew Land, and we're coming off a massive recruiting weekend here at Ohio State. Night game against Penn State, alternate uniforms, fans wearing scarlet, and dozens of elite official and unofficial visitors. It was really everything the Buckeyes could hope for when it comes to both the result of the game and how it impacts the recruiting trail. Just ask head coach Ryan Day. Yeah, it was, it was a long week and a long weekend for sure. There was a lot going on. Uh, it was great. I thought that um, you know just the night in general was off the charts. I thought... Gene and the whole administration, everybody at Ohio State, the fans. I mean, it was it was a memorable night, just the way that everything was run. It was really first class. Um, and it was great for our, our recruits and their families to be around it and to see it. And I, and I thought everything about that went well. But, yeah, there's a lot going on, a lot to juggle on a weekend like that um, with so many visitors and families. And, um, you know, they're a prior, priority for us when they get on campus. But we also have to go win against Penn State and win a game. And so – but that's that's kind of college football. You have to be able to – juggle a lot of balls and, and be able to handle it it's just a piece of the puzzle you know it's it's part of the relationship building and um anytime you come on campus you get a chance to see something different whether it's meeting with somebody from the business school or going to a basketball game or um you know spending time with the position coach or going to see campus or whatever that is um you know coming to a game is a special experience and that's you know another box that these guys are able to check off with their families and uh, I, I have to give you know Mark Pantoni and, and his staff a lot of credit. I mean, they're the ones that are behind all of it in terms of the organization and uh, managing all of those people, and there's a lot to that, and I thought they were excellent. Two of the most important unofficial visitors on Saturday were none other than safeties Xavier and Wankpa and Zion Branch. And here to talk about their visits is SIL American Director of Recruiting, John Garcia. I appreciate you jumping on again this week, John. Yes, sir, Andrew. Always good to be here. Uh, huge, huge recruiting weekend, uh, as usual, it seems like, for the Bucks. And, yeah, I think, I think some future Buckeyes were certainly on campus this weekend, no doubt. For sure. So we talked about Xavier a few weeks back, but I just kind of want to reiterate where they stand with him. Uh, he's down to Ohio State, Iowa, and Notre Dame, with most expecting it to be either the Buckeyes or the home state Hawkeyes when he announces his commitment in early December. So how do you feel about his recruitment coming out of these visits to all three schools in the last couple of weeks? I think when you visit schools and schools know, hey, this commitment is coming in, we're just over a month away, right? So schools understand that information. Um, and, and look, they'll get some FaceTime with the family uh, in the home visit circuit, which, which of course that class of 2021 didn't get because of COVID. Um, but the in-person game experience and everything surrounding that is so important in these kind of final pitches. And, and like you said, all three schools got that final pitch. Uh, I, I was hearing Notre Dame did a really good job 
two Saturdays ago uh, when they had him on campus to maybe factor in this race more than than we talked about a couple weeks back. Um, uh, this is very common when it comes to high priority recruits. Um, and again, everybody knowing the timeline ahead of that December 8th verbal commitment. But I still, at the end of the day, feel like it's more of, of an Ohio State, Iowa situation, especially after the visit high wears down uh, and, and you get back to Ohio State in, in Xavier's case. And then obviously after that, you're, you're back in Iowa where, where all of this uh, you know, will be a, a major factor in the decision at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I, I do know his mom was there on campus. Not sure who else visited Columbus with him. Uh, but obviously, you know, it's not just about impressing the recruits. It's about impressing the people who help him, who help them make decisions. Um, when I first got into this business, Andrew, I was covering one team. I was covering Syracuse. And so I was covering football recruiting, of course, but also some basketball recruiting. And I was covering the recruitment of Nerlens Noel, who was a huge Syracuse target. He was down to Syracuse, Kentucky, and, and maybe Duke or something like that. And everything the kid told me leaned Syracuse. But when I was kind of humbled because in his commitment, which of course was to Kentucky, our, our director of basketball recruiting at the time, Evan Daniels, was like, look, man, you did a great job covering the kid, but you also have to consider his camp. You have to consider the true decision makers in this recruitment. And in this case, Kentucky did a better job with mom. So I, I never, after that, underestimated the people around the recruit. Sometimes, uh, you know, fan bases and even us in the media, we get, we're guilty sometimes of taking a, a recruit's comment or feel and extrapolating that into, well, he's probably going to commit here. Um, of course, that's in the cases where they don't just straight up tell us privately. So mom was there. Mom has trust with that Buckeye staff. Obviously, he's visited multiple times. Uh, so I think that's a huge factor in this Nwakpa recruitment. Um, this is obviously a huge decision for arguably the top safety in the country. Uh, so those around him are going to, to play an important part. So I think her taking multiple trips, uh, obviously the official earlier, and now this one, really, really critical at the end of the day. And then, of course, uh, as I mentioned, Ryan Day or whoever is assigned to uh, dig into these home visits will get one more shot to, to connect um, there in person. So I, I think that was really important in this visit. Um, I think the kid, the kid is probably more open to Notre Dame now than a few weeks ago, but the family and those around him, it feels like it's more Ohio State, Iowa, and the Notre Dame just slightly underneath. But again, there's still a month uh, to go here and information's going to change. In theory, before he makes a decision, some of these uh, assistant coaches uh, could, could make changes, right? The coaching carousel is, is already underway. It's happened earlier this year than, than we've ever really seen. So I do think those things could play factors over the next month uh, as well. But as things currently stand, I like where the Buckeyes sit. I, I talked about it last time. It's, it's a head versus heart decision. Do you go, do you go with the, the best fit, immediate playing time, all of that, which, you know, you, you can make an argument for all three schools, but Notre Dame and, and Ohio State have that tangibly with the guys leaving. And, or do you go with your heart, your home? You know, do, do you put on for the state of Iowa? Are you the banner recruit that Kirk Ferentz keeps home 
despite the big boys lurking. Uh, and I think that's that's kind of still where I feel this recruitment is. And, and I do think there is room in the next month for things to shuffle a little bit more. I do think you made a really good point about the in-home visits coming up because especially after last year when none of that was was a part of the recruiting cycle, those are going to be become so important down the stretch, especially in, in this particular recruitment because of when it is that he's making his decision. It comes after the season, you know, after the, any potential Big Ten championship appearance. That's going to definitely allow him to, to kind of sit down with all these schools and all these coaches and say, you know, here, make, make your final pitch and, and we'll decide from there. Exactly. And, and a lot of times that round of visits and look, in theory for, for X, it's going to be Ference one night, Kelly another night, Day another night, or maybe uh, they overlap on the same night, you know, and, and that becomes its own, its own race because you want to be the last, right? You want to be either the first or the last in terms of the, the in-home visits uh, to, to make your final pitch or to be the first in-person in pitch there at your house, which is something like, like we said, we, we didn't really see at all last year because of the pandemic. So yeah, that is so huge. It's, it's a time to be personal, obviously on these visits. I mean, just look at last weekend at Ohio State, right? Not only is X there, but Zion Branch is there and Omaria Bohr is there and all these other priority targets are on campus so how much time could ryan day really allocate to x his mom and whoever else was was there on the trip right well when it's an in-home visit now it is all about you your final questions the intimate questions and kind of that feel um again we talk about the influencers in in a kid's decision there is no greater room for movement for those influencers when you have a coach coming into your home to eat your food, which is always another fun storyline to track, right? You know, who, who got the best meal that could give us a, 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 a little bit of an insight, you know, that, that is the time for the camp where I think more movement can be made. The kids kind of know what the deal is, right? They've been yeah. to the campuses, they've seen the coaches, all of that for the families that in-home visit, and sometimes it's just half an hour, sometimes it's, it's four or five hours. I have a feeling it's going to be on the longer end with, with this kid. Mm-hmm. Those can, can create so much movement one way or the other in terms of trust. And, and look, outside of Iowa, this is going to be, you know, some distance traveled and, and my baby going home, right? Um, so if it is going to be Notre Dame or Ohio State, that trust obviously has to be, I would say, almost at a higher level then it would have to be at Iowa because Iowa was just down the road. You made the perfect segue too with, with Zion Branch. Obviously he made the visit back in June at the same time as X as well. And then they both came back again for the Penn State game. And Ohio State has really made it a point um, throughout their recruitment to kind of explain to them, you know, how exactly that they fit into the defense, given they're both safeties. You know, it's very easy for other schools to then negatively recruit and say, Oh, well, you, you know, you don't want to go there because you're going to have direct competition. So can you maybe talk about the challenges that come with recruiting two or three elite players at a position, especially with Ohio State already holding a commitment from Kai Stokes? Yeah, I think that's a great point, Andrew. Um, first of all, man, it's 2021. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't negatively recruit against one position in the secondary because, first of all, there's at least five, six DBs on the field in most occasions. And second of all, there's not just one safety type at Ohio State or any program 
in the country uh, for that matter. You, you have roles that make sense given a skill set, right? Kai Stokes is more of your rangy, lengthy athlete who probably is, is more of a center fielder uh, and an instinctual player past first defender. I think X is a bit more is a bigger, more physical downhill striker who has balance in his game, but you might utilize him a little bit more in the alley, a little bit more as a secondary contain man, a little bit more isolated, maybe with a tight end. And then Zion is kind of a blend of both, right? I mean, he's got, he's got, he's probably the fastest of the three. He is rangy, more like Kai. He's not as long of a prospect. So you might use him in between roles uh, that, that the other two could occupy. So there's, there's so many different types of safeties that every defense uh, utilizes. And even within that, down, distance, situation, versatility, cover skills all create a different value for, for one safety. If, if one of them is really you know, surprisingly good in man coverage, I mean, there could be some nickel at play here where you want him isolated against these. I mean, it's the Big Ten, right? Tight ends galore. You want, you want him to isolate against one of those. Maybe one is so quick and twitchy that he's more comfortable in the box covering a back out of the backfield as an additional blitzer. There's so many different ways to, to utilize one type of safety. And each of these three, if they were to all play at Ohio State, would occupy almost a different role. So um, when you're recruiting elite programs, you know, Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, Clemson, um, this stuff, <laughs> Oklahoma even, this stuff doesn't matter because you're getting that competition level at every school. So, and, and typically elite kids don't like negative recruiting. It's the middle tier kids that are maybe a little bit more influenced by it, but kids like, like Zion and X who have been recruited for so long, they've sifted through kind of the garbage already in their recruiting process. And most of them, especially now compared to 10 years ago, really don't like when one school brings up the other school at all, much less when they do it in a negative connotation. Well, speaking of elite programs, Zion is actually being recruited heavily by USC. That's probably the school that most people think is the biggest threat to Ohio State in this recruitment. But with the Trojans not really being what they used to be, not having a coach in this moment, do you actually think that they have a chance to, to secure his pledge? You never say never in recruiting. This was the first major program to make their coaching move and heck clay helton just got named the, the head coach at georgia southern i believe last night so uh this thing has been in motion for quite some time and and when it comes to it's like uh, x with iowa you know to me las vegas and la i mean that's a that's a three four hour drive right so that's kind of that's almost local semi-local so when it's the hometown or or school that that the kid grew up rooting for which in this case is USC, there's an extra layer or two or, or even more of benefit of the doubt from the recruit's perspective to where I'm not saying it doesn't matter who the head coach is. Uh, I don't want to lead that on, but the brand, the feel, the familiarity can sometimes overcome the lack of on-field success or the lack of clarity with who the heck the next head coach is going to be. So I, I think USC is that I know USC is that school for, for Zion and, and look, they're going to figure this out sooner than later. Right. In theory, because they were the first school to, to make a move away from their head coach. So they've had the most time 
to try and figure out who that next guy is going to be. Um, and, and by all accounts, it's going to be a known name who might have already been recruiting Zion at another school. So I, I think USC is absolutely still in this race. I think when it comes to the Trojans bringing in talent from the South or the Midwest in this class, and we've already seen multiple decommitments from those areas, it's a little bit different, right? Because now there is no benefit of the doubt. There is no clarity. So that, that trust is not sort of there because you're not as familiar as Zion is with USC. So I think that keeps the Trojans in it, especially the longer uh, his recruitment goes. And by, as far as we can tell, he's not going to pop here over the next couple of weeks. So in theory, you know, by the time Xavier commits, USC is already going to have their coach in place so zion can start to take that in under consideration and and you better believe when whoever that that guy is when when it's in home visit season he's going to go he's going to go see devin brown first i would imagine right the quarterback commit who's who's visiting everywhere including ohio state here coming up and then he's going to go see the local targets he has to lock in and, and zion branch will be very high on that list so i, I believe usc stays in it all the way this feels like another one of those heart, heart versus head kind of things just because you know he's he's obviously a USC fan growing up and Ohio State is kind of you know taking over his recruitment from a from a fit standpoint and relationship standpoint and those kind of things I think what what is interesting is the fact that he recently canceled an official visit to Alabama but still has his USC uh, unofficial visit I believe still scheduled for the for the UCLA game later this this month so I think really what it what it'll come down to is you know He'll go back to USC for the first time in a while. Then they'll hire their new head coach. They'll be able to, you know, maybe bring him in for another unofficial visit because, like you said, it's only a three-hour drive from from Las Vegas to LA. And then that'll give him a month or so to really decide. So maybe, you know, it is one of those cases where it feels like coming out of this Ohio State visit that, you know, Ohio State is riding that high, but the longer that it goes, the longer he takes to assess his his options. Maybe that isn't necessarily the case. Right. And don't forget, with a coaching change, you can take a second official visit. Not that he needs to yeah. because of the familiarity with USC, but in theory, that last uh, open visit window uh, where he could take an official visit, if USC's got their guy in place, now he can go spend 48 hours in L.A. And then that coach will still get, get that in-home visit opportunity all in a very condensed window, whether or not he goes to, to that UCLA game. So there could be really, there could be three heavy USC influencers, meaning an unofficial visit an official visit and the in-home coaching visit in, in a two week span, maybe. So I think USC is going to stay in this race. Um, the, the family is rooted in, in that California to Nevada corridor. Um, they've been in Vegas for a while now, obviously at Bishop Gorman uh, with his younger brother. So I think that home feel is, is, is going to be strong and it's going to play a factor. Now, we've seen Ohio State overcome this in Texas, in South Florida, in California, in New Jersey, all over the place, literally all over the country. So they know the formula, but it doesn't mean it gets uh, easier, to, you know, because every year the, the kids are a little bit different. So it's going to be a fascinating recruitment to follow. But Ohio State is, is in a great place as we record this in, in early November. Definitely. And another layer to it is the fact that every visit he's been on, he's kind of been accompanied by his brother, um, 2023 wide receiver, Zachariah Branch. You have to assume that they're probably a package deal at this point, right? 
I would, you know, we hear about package deals a lot and I usually scoff at them because they're usually friends, right? Uh, grew up together or maybe play on the same high school team, et cetera. But usually it doesn't work, right? But this is different. These are brothers, this is blood. They're only one cycle apart. And Zion is just as coveted. He is a premium new age slot wide receiver, kick returner, dynamic in space kind of target that every school is either utilizing or wants to utilize going forward. And, and look, um, I've, I've, I've spoken to both of them together. Um, Zach really looks up to his big brother and, and, and obviously accompanying him on all these visits is influencing not, not only Zion, but, but Zach as well. The family, again, as we said, very, very close, very together. Um, and, and look, they've, they work out together every day. It's like one's a DB, one's a receiver. So naturally they're playing off of one another. And earlier in their career, you know, they were interviewed saying, hey, you know, I couldn't imagine splitting up. You know, they haven't come out and said, hey, we are 100% a package deal, but they're going to be in the position where they, to where they can be because both are extremely coveted by USC, by Ohio State, by, by the biggest schools in the country. And usually there's a bit of a drop off with one brother compared to the next uh, in terms of just the recruitment, you know, hey, one brother is, is top tier and then other brother is a second tier. And there's nothing wrong with that, but obviously that can impact the package deal. That is not the case with the Branch brothers. And again, they're only one cycle apart. So it's not like you have to wait, you know, two years to get the second brother if, if you're in position for, for the package deal. I believe uh, once Zion makes that decision, uh, Zach will be very influenced by it. It doesn't mean it's a guarantee. There is no such thing as a guarantee in recruiting, but this package deal feels a lot more comfortable to cover as such compared to others. To wrap up, I kind of want to put you on the spot here with this. So obviously, you know, they're two elite players, two of the best at their, their individual positions. And there's the fact that you have to recruit Zion first, you know, in a, in a, in a typical way um, to then maybe get Zach. But who would you say is, is the higher ceiling prospect between the two? Oh, that's a great question. I, you know, I think, you know, Zion is your plug and play safety. Uh, he's a balanced kid, as, as we've talked about, uh, SI 99 guy for us in the class of 22. Uh, but Zach's going to be that in 23. They're so different. Um, I think when you're building a roster, you naturally go to the secondary first. But let me tell you, the last few years is starting to change my mind with that kind of stuff, not only with the NFL draft, but just the teams that are in position to win, we see dynamic pass catchers all over the place. I mean, just look at the national title game this year. Look at LSU the year prior, those Clemson teams. I mean, everybody's got these dynamic guys who can work the inside as well and put pressure on a secondary. So it's really close. My, my, the conventional football guy in me says it's the safety, it's Zion. But man, you know, Zach is, is smaller, faster, more dynamic and, and can change the game a little bit quicker than big bro. So I'm, I'm starting to bend a little bit. But for today, I'll go with the, the senior. I'll go with the DB. But it is very close. They're both elite prospects. They've got NFL bloodlines. It's it's really hard to break down anything in terms of ranking the two. But for today, I'll go with Zion. But it's it's ultra thin. You brought up a really great point there in closing that I don't think that a lot of people realize, but they're related to Hall of Fame wide receiver Cliff Branch, who played for the Oakland Raiders back in the day. 
So there, there's some definitely some great bloodlines in that family and a lot of football history there too. Yeah, part of those those seventies Raiders teams that won. I mean, I think he got three rings with with Kenny Stabler and those guys. So yeah, this is there are great bloodlines. Um, I've connected with their father a couple of times, and and look, this thing is this is a structured recruitment. It's, it's not quite Arch Manning in terms of structure. I don't think anything can be, but they're on that next tier. Um, so yeah, this is this is a very calculated decision. It will not be an emotional decision, which is probably good news for Ohio State in this regard. Uh, so this is going to be a really fun recruitment. And like like we talked about, if you get you get Zion, you, you get a heck of a consolation prize, uh, or at least you you become the favorite for the uh, the the maybe the best co- consolation prize in recruiting right now with, with uh, Zach. Definitely, and that's just great insight as always, John. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me this week. Anytime, my friend. Uh, going to be a fun finish. That it is, that it is. Well, this has been another episode of Building the Buckeyes. Signing off for SIL American Director of Recruiting, John Garcia. I'm Andrew Lind. Until next time.